let's talk about the Dragon Den's youngest and newest dragon, Stephen Bartlett. Let's also discuss Doris Anita Neal, the first black British female Olympian. What about remembering Bob Marley on the week he died 40 years ago? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. Knowing others is wisdom. Knowing yourself is enlightenment. Lao Tzu. So it's episode 56. Glad to be here again. Really, really looking forward to the spring bank holiday. I hope that Boris' announcement tomorrow, by the time you hear this, it will be tomorrow. But I hope he's, he's, um, it doesn't affect my plans for the end of the month because I really am looking forward to a nice break after this 12 months plus of pandemic. Anyhow, this week we've had the 2021 Brit Awards and Jay Huss, one of, one of my favourite English artists, to be fair, one of the, the young artists that really um, is really, really talented and um, gets the balance right in, in regards to the content. But yeah, he won um, Male Solo Artist of the Year at the Brit Awards. And uh, Griff got the Rising Star. And Arlo Parks got Breakthrough Artist. And Best International Male was The Weeknd. So hats off to all of them guys, especially the ones from England. Especially the ones from England. I didn't actually get to watch the show yet. I saw bits and pieces of it. So I'll be taking it in over this week. But I'm so glad Jay Huss got his, got his flowers because he's, he's, he's definitely one of the artists that, you know, when I'm in the gym, you know, he's one of the artists that I might hear on my playlist. So, yeah, hats off to him. And I need to look, in, look into these other artists a bit more because I'm, I'm kind of familiar with Griff um, and I saw a little documentary on her and her heritage, etc. But Arlo Park's not too familiar with her. So yeah, hats off to them, man. Congratulations. So it looks like we could be having an epic fight coming up 14th of August, fingers crossed. They're saying it's going to be in Saudi Arabia now. That's Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Uh, Joshua's got a few, well, he's got all of his belts on the, on the line. It's WBO, WBA, IBF. And um, Tyson Fury's got his WBC on the line. So... You know, the, I mean, this is it's well matched. I mean, Tyson hasn't lost a fight before. Um, Joshua's lost one. But whoever wins gets all the belts. And never in heavyweight history has, um, has anyone held all of the titles before. All of those four belts. So there's a lot on the line. Um, I, I, do you know what? I'm going to make a prediction. Since we recorded, I'm going to make a prediction. Should I? Well, do you know? All right, not a prediction so much. I, I really, I, I just like Joshua's story, how he come up, how he carries himself. I always want Joshua to win. Always want him to win. I want him to win like he's, he's, he's a family member. I get that passionate when I'm watching the fight. But he always, not always, but he, more times or not, he scares me. You know, and I want him to do more and, and stuff like that. Um, and I know Tyson's a very awkward boxer. 
And uh, obviously he's coming in there with a the confidence that he's never never lost a fight, pretty much. And he pretty much rose rose like Lazarus um, in his fight with um, Deontay Wilder, you know, and then ended up beating Deontay Wilder. So, so yeah. Um, so, worst case scenario, worst case scenario, I would like, I hope it's a draw. Worst case scenario. I, I don't, I really, yeah, I hope it's a draw. I hope it's a draw. Worst case scenario, so that they can go at it again. So yeah, I'm not not, not doing no predictions. I don't wanna, I don't wanna, <laughs> I don't wanna do that. I was tempted, but yeah, but yeah, no, it's gonna it's gonna be a really good fight. We we need something to liven up the the the, the space and at this these times we're going through. So I really look forward to that in August. So yeah, um, and congratulations to uh, Diversity, uh, the dance with their um, dance. Um, inspired by Black Lives Matter, there was loads of complaints about it at the time, but it's gone on to uh, be nominated for a BAFTA. So, you know, people who are complaining, put that in your pipe and smoke it. You know, more people liked it than didn't like it. Um, so yeah, it's it's amongst other another six nominees for the Virgin Media's Must Must See Moments Award. So um, I hope they win. I hope they win. It's one that's um, voted by the public. So. Let's see, let's see how that goes. But um, but no, hats off to him, hats off to him. So this week was, uh, this week just gone, it makes it 40 years since Bob Marley um, died of cancer in Miami. So yeah, he died at 36 on May the 11th, 1981. Um, yeah, I mean, Bob Marley, he's just timeless musical legend, timeless musical legend, you know, across all types of people, you know, rich, poor, black, white, you know, everybody loves loves Bob, you know. So um so yeah, it's it's but it's forty years, forty years. Yeah, he died at thirty six. He died so young, to be fair. Done so young. But he he done a lot in that space of time, hence why people still speak about him today, still play his music, you know, his music's timeless like that. But he was born in like nineteen forty five, um to a white middle class father and a black mother from Jamaica, and yeah, he's um, he's one of the most most celebrated and most recognised artists in music history, really. Um, and his album in from 1977, I think, um, Exodus, was named the album of the century by Time Magazine. So his his legacy lives on, and he's got so many children, and his children are all talented, all talented. You know, so his his legacy lives on. Um, I can't see how any well anything can happen, but I can't see anyone in the near future topping what he done in that short space of time, thirty six years. You know, he, he really he really left his mark. Really left his mark. So yeah, salute to Bob Marley. I'll definitely be playing at his album um, tomorrow tomorrow afternoon for sure. So, um, also, I found out about a lady, the first, basically the first black uh, British woman Olympian. I'd never heard of her before. Doris Anita Neal, um, born in 1950. Uh, she, re- she was a retired um, international sprinter. And, yeah, just never heard of her. Never heard of her. But it looks like she's going to, they're going to interview her. I think the um, British Board of Athletics are going to start interviewing her and, and um kind of logging her story, you know, and, and holding her up high, as they 
probably should have done a long time ago. But um, yeah, she competed in two Olympic Games, one in 1968, one in 1972. Um, and she speaks about being, um, feeling like, feeling ignored, you know, um, during that time. Lack of recognition by the British athletics um, community and the Olympic Association. But she's, she's still alive and kicking. And I watched the interview with her the other day and she was, um, you know, she's still full of life. You know, she's still full of life and happy to tell her story and glad to tell her story. But yeah, she competed in like the 100 metres and the, the, um, the 400 metres relay in uh, Mexico City. So yeah. So, so yeah, uh, you know, at least, at least the British Olympic Association are going to interview her and, and help her share her story now. Because I think it's, it's important. You know, I, I know people that are athletes, uh, female athletes, ex-athletes, and I'm sure they didn't know about her, but just knowing, knowing about her and ble- being black athletes, that would have helped them, you know. On some level, it would have helped them just to let them know that they could do it. So, so for all the young girls and guys, you know, moving forward, at least they'll have that, uh, that person to look to as a forebearer. So, yeah, so I look forward to reading her story in full. So, big day, May the 17th. You know, we're supposed to be able to go pubs, the entertainment, and then obviously we've got June the 21st. But, um, but with all this going on with this Indian variant, um, I'm just, it's kind of touch and go as to what's going to happen. I, I think, I'm hoping that, um, you know, that they can get hold, you know, get on top of this Indian variant and, and nothing happens, at least for the, through the summer months and we can, we can you know, live some kind of normality but it is a little bit touch and go because this um variant the the world health organization is speaking about it and um they've classified it as a you know a variant of global concern um because it's so infectious i don't think it's as dangerous but it's, it's it's infectious i did i spoke about this a few weeks back um episode 49 i believe it was on the 28th of march um I believe in that one I was I was talking about the fact that they hadn't closed India you know um bearing in mind there was a lot of you know a lot of deaths there and the the R rate was really high there and I just couldn't understand why it was it wasn't um you know on the on the, on the red list but I got I did find out that you know there was some politics to that as well and Boris was trying to go there and do some deals for Brexit and things like that so but there's a price to pay for that. So me, me for one, maybe because I, I speak about these things weekly and read up on stuff, um, it's not really a surprise to me that we're dealing with variants from India because, as I said, the, the, the stats would have said that country should have been on the red list a long time ago with, um, with all the other countries that were on the red list. So we just have to see how this plays out and keep our fingers crossed um but the variants uh, already been spread to more than 30 countries um and as much as we're trying to get on top of it it has spiked in in Bolton so they're desperately doing what they need to do to kind of suppress it there and testing people and stuff um but it's doubling um doubled last week and it doubled again in the first week of of May so so yeah um, I just hope they get on top of it and we can get back to some kind of normality. Get back to some normality. 
Um, but you know, this week I'm really, really, really glad to say that there's been no um, youth violence that has ended in anyone losing their life. Um, it's so it's so nice to be able to to say that because um, yeah, we we've had some challenging weeks. So yeah, that's the current situation. Um, so also, I've um, I've read something about a police officer, um, Kashif Mahmoud. Um, so basically, he was basically connected with a, a gang in in Dubai, and they were setting drug dealers up. And him as a policeman was he, he were they were getting the call from the police. Sorry, the call from the gang in Dubai about who had money and what drugs they'd given them or whatever, and then he would stop them and basically steal the money and steal, and steal the drugs, you know, with the intel that he was getting from the other gangs in, in Dubai. And um, the Khan gang, they, they were calling him in the report. Um, but, yeah, just he would, he would book out a police car from Stonington Police Station and with a, an accomplice who wasn't actually a policeman, have him dressed up as a policeman, so he's in the police car with him, um, and then they seize like hundreds of thousands of pounds from from other um, drug dealers, and yeah, um, so pretty much the it sounds like the people in Dubai were were funding the situation, um, so they'd give drugs um, to to people in in London, and then set them up to be robbed. So yeah, so this this policeman basically they caught him. I think he. He he happened to do that to somebody who was under observation by the police, and so the police saw it happening, and then he had to justify why he was stopping them, etc. And that's when everything kind of unspiraled. But very interesting story. I, I, sounds like one they could make a film about. To be fair, um, quite a unique story the way it all played out. Um, but yeah, I think it's about six people um, been convicted of that. Um, one woman as well, somebody's wife, one of the one of the Khan gang's wife. So um, yeah, but the the police officer got eight years for that. Um, so yeah, very interesting story that was interesting crime. Um, and also as well on a, on another note, um, another police officer spoke about him as being a sex pest in in this report, um, sending hundreds of messages to women. Uh, to a woman who reported a crime, basically, and bombarded uh, her with like messages because he fancied her, basically. Um, and I think between in the period of ten weeks, he must have sent about five hundred messages. His name is a married man as well, um, Sergeant Saeed Ali. So um, uh, from Dagenham, um, East London, as well. But he he pleaded guilty um, to one count of harassment um, without violence. And yeah, he was he was sentenced at uh, what was it Westminster Magistrate Court on the twelfth of May. Um, and yeah, he got um, a six. He was handed a six week um, sentence, suspended for eighteen months, and ordered to do two hundred hours community service. So so yeah, um, and oh yeah, also a three year uh, restraining order, not to contact a woman. So so yeah, his career is pretty much over off at the back of that. No doubt. So, yeah. And then there was another another police officer um, convicted of five charges of misconduct. Um, Jatinda Bunga, um, 38. He was previously um, a detective 
in Lancashire, Lancashire Constabulary, um, and he was sentenced to 10 months um, in prison um, at Manchester Court on the 10th of May. Um, pleaded guilty to charges of uh, misconduct, public order offences, um, or sorry, public offence. So basically two women gave uh, evidence against him, sending him inappropriate message, sexual messages um, after they'd reported a crime. So there's a bit of a pattern here, but, you know, the women reporting a crime to these these two particular officers anyway. And, um, and then these guys obviously seeing them as easy prey, pretty much, you know, um, and obviously being in the position that they're in as well, it's, it's, it's kind of makes it a lot worse, you know, a lot worse, because that's the only reason why... They, I mean, these you've got, got women coming to you for support and help, and then to be abused or to be preyed upon like that, it's, it just makes it ten times worse. So, so yeah, um, but they both provided evidence against him, um, and, yeah, he... And I think he was even making unnecessary visits to their home and things like that. It was, it was quite quite creepy, quite creepy, but... Um, I think I've, I believe he, he resigned from the force like uh, shortly before the court hearing as well. But yeah, so yeah, people, man, it's um, people do the strangest things. People do the strangest things. But I was I, on the health side of things. I learned about well, not learned about it. Kind of well, I did learn because they was talking about um, health hacks basically. And how your your biological age, your biological age being one thing, you know, you are the age you are. But but basically, there's things you can do to ensure that your your um, your health span or your your health your your health like your internals, the way your body functions and all that, can be a lot younger than your actual age, you know. Um, and that's by you know dealing with your diet having enough sleep they've even spoken about dancing being good for your memory and and things like that so 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 there's there's a lot to be said for exercising you know exercising eating right um you know sleeping right and all these things because you can you know you are the you you are the age you are but your body can be a younger version you know especially with your vital organs and etc so another good reason um to you know, look after yourself and, and, and do stuff, you know, don't get lazy as as the years are going on, you know, try and do as much as you can, you know. So, yeah, one of those life hacks, they call them. So, um, yeah, this week, uh, there's Elon Musk, Elon Musk, um, he has now said he's not accepting Bitcoin um, for his Tesla cars. He, he was accepting them earlier this year. So he's not doing it anymore um, over climate concerns. So basically, to produce to produce um, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, it does take a lot of electricity. Um, so when they're mining for bitcoins and things like that, so so yeah, they he's, he's obviously it doesn't go with the brand. You know, he, he, Tesla is is um, electric, and if if the Bitcoin is is doing bad for for the um, for Earth, you know, the ozone layer and all these things, then it's kind of contradicting what he's doing. So, yeah. But he did say um, cryptocurrency is a good idea, um, but it can't come at the cost of the environment. So that's why he's had to pull out from that. So I'm sure 
um, other cryptocurrencies will be looking to you know reduce how much energy they use to to create crypt, uh, cryptocurrency but we'll see um but yeah all subject to change the world's changing a lot man i, I mean this year especially i notice everybody you know is aware of cryptocurrency um but yeah it's it's, it's a very volatile um situation as anybody who's been watching it over the past week would know so yeah, get financial advice. Um, don't be led by the blind. There's a lot of people that are, you know, will talk about you know these new things and stuff, um, but really you need to get expert advice. So um, WhatsApp, WhatsApp is on most people's mind, and they the deadline that they've been speaking about since January, I believe, the fifteenth, um, has now passed. By the time you're hearing this. Um, so you're going to get persistent uh, reminders. Um, and if you don't accept the reminders, over a time you'll start to lose the functions of, um, of WhatsApp. So you, you know, you'll start with probably not being able to see the chats, chat lists, um, not being able to see, receive, see or receive video calls and messages, and ultimately you won't be able to use it. But they, I don't think they're deleting your accounts and stuff, so obviously you can... You can um, use it if you're willing to prescribe, basically. But um, but what previously WhatsApp did say that um, the data they sh- they were going to share it with um, with other Facebook companies, including uh, the, yeah, the data they were going to share was including things like your phone number, um, your name, your IP address, which indicates where you are. Um, and your internet connection, any final financial transactions made over WhatsApp. Um, but apparently this doesn't um, apply to Europe because of, or the UK because um, they have different privacy laws and stuff like that. So I'd say look into it, you know, I'd say look into it. Um, but there are other options now. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But I know it's... The amount of messages coming from my phone, multiple of the same thing. So it's definitely on people's mind. But on another platform, Clubhouse, which was quite exclusive. That's the one where you have to be invited. It's voice only. um, And it was only on iPhone. It's now on Android. So they're developing and growing. It's now on Android. Only in the US, though. It's not on Android in the UK. But obviously that will come, you know. So that is the new platform. Um, very interesting platform, very unique, very, you know, I think it really epitomizes what social media is because, like I said, it's voice only. There's no typing, there's no messaging, it's just straight conversation. So you can pick up a lot. So, yeah. But, um, you know, we're, we're going through these turbulent times with the pandemic, but we're also going through the turbulent times financially. So, one of the things that really stood out to me over the past couple of weeks is. Um, you know, one of the things we should be focusing on, you know, with our children and for ourselves, probably starting with ourselves first so we can pass it on to the children, is um, raising our financial IQ. Because, you know, we are going into... Well, we have had Brexit. We haven't really felt the the fullness of that yet. But we can see jobs have been lost. We can see things are changing, not for the better at this point. So one of the things that has always been lacking, to be fair, is our financial IQ. So upskilling ourselves, increasing our knowledge, you know, about things like stock market, um, shares, dividends, 
trading, investments, cryptocurrencies, passive income, things like this. These are things that we, I would say, it's definitely worth reading up on. Definitely getting some sound advice, you know, especially if you've got downtime, if you're in between jobs and stuff. That's something that's going to, you know, hold you in good stead, you know. Obviously, you have to prioritise if you're out of work. But like I said, it is something that I think it's worth us knowing more. You, I don't think you can know too much, you know, about finances. Finances is going to make or break a lot of us, you know, going forward during this time. So definitely something to look at. And, and something for the kids as well. I mean, I've I've got um, a game, uh, Cashflow, um, from uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki's author. So if you're looking for something to get you started, that's a, that's a game that you can play with the family. Um, and it does give you... a a bit of a more open mind around finances. I mean, even reading the book Rich Dad Poor Dad—that's one of the one of the great books to read. There's a few, to be fair. Um, maybe I'll maybe I'll start highlighting those books over the next few weeks as well. But yeah, but that's definitely one book. I mean, you've probably heard of it, probably read it. It's it's one of those books. It won't do you no harm to read it again, especially in this time. Like I said, where money and finance is really going to become a thing more than ever. So, um, congratulations are in order for a couple of people. Um, on Dragon's Den, Stephen Bartlett, who is the co-founder, not the co-founder, the founder and former CEO of a social media company um, called uh, Social Chain, social media marketing agency, rather. Um, but he is going to be the new and the youngest ever dragon on Dragon's Den. So congratulations to him. I saw a little uh, brief advert of his on um, on Twitter. Um, I like I like what they did there. We can have a look for that. But yeah, he um, he set up his business from his bedroom, living in Manchester, um, and took his took his uh, company to market and and got it valued at three hundred million, um, and went public with it um, at the age of twenty seven. So he really knows his stuff, and he's he's. You know, in these young 27 years, he's, he's made some real power moves. Um, even on the, uh, four, he's been named on the Forbes under 30, uh, under 30 list. And he also won uh, Entrepreneur Rising Star at the Black British um, Business Awards. So, so yeah, look forward to, to seeing what he does. I haven't watched um, Dragon's Den for a while, but now he's on it. I would definitely want to see what he does and, and how he how he breaks down these opportunities. So, yeah, no, but congratulations to him. And also to Alex Scott. Um, she will be uh, the presenter of Football Focus um, after Dan Walker announced he'll be standing down at the end of the season. But, yeah, um, 36-year-old, former Arsenal and England fullback. Um, she's made, like, 200 um, club appearances during her playing career so she's you know she's she's about her business um but she's the first permanent female host um in the in the show's 47 year history so hats off to her with this this you know she's 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 got this one in the net you know so nah, excellent really 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 happy for those two guys for sure um a show i watched uh, you put I mean, if you haven't seen it, you can catch that still on, on I think it's on ITV player. Trevor McDonald and Charlene White um, has George Floyd um, changed Britain. 
Um, so yeah, that was that was a good documentary, you know, looking o- looking over how basically how it affected Britain. So I won't give any spoilers away. Just you can go and catch catch up. But it's basically dealing with the anniversary coming up. It's, it's, doesn't even seem like it happened that long ago so much has happened but yeah um, and just looking at the impact that that death had on the UK pretty much so something I do want to see that isn't I haven't heard anybody talking about this but this is just I thought I'd put this out there maybe it'll make it happen but um, Kevin Samuels who you know he's he's a lot of people are talking about him he's doing the rounds on on social media a lot of women not happy with him um a lot of men are, uh, well, I think the men are split, I suppose. I think, I suppose men are split. Um, but what I reckon would be really good is if he could have a conversation with all of these points and these perspectives with a, with a woman who is as articulate as him and as knowledgeable as him um, and just kind of break it down because I, I really think there is something to be gained from that kind of conversation because there's, it's not everything that's right what Kevin Samuels says at all um, and he, he does have a way of doing things that are quite abrasive but as a wise person once told me even a broken clock is right at least once a day so you know, I think there, there is a conversation to be had. But like I said, I think it'd be really good if, like I said, a, a, a woman who is as intelligent, as articulate, as knowledgeable and with the same goals to improve relationships. Because that's, that's really, I think, wrong. You know, whether you agree with how he goes about it, his interest to me seems to be uh, relationships, you know, relationships within our community. And, and how they how they work and how they can be better. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm just pointing out there. I'd love to see him be challenged on some of these things by, like I said, a, an assertive woman with as much knowledge on the on the topic as him. So a book, I'm definitely going to push this book um, and, and recommend um, we we pick this book up. Jay Blades, um, the Jay Blades from the Repair Shop Show. So he's got his book out, um, Making It, um, How Love, Kindness and the Community Helped Me Repair My Life. So definitely a book to, to check out. You know, he, he comes from my borough. Um, and although, I mean, I, I know people that know him, you know, I mean, we, we, we're only about one degree away from each other. Um, but... I really, really do like what he's done. And I watched an interview with him the other day and, you know, I just love... I don't know, it's something about people in Hackney, you know, especially when they when they do well. We, we always want to... You know, people always want to give back to Hackney. You know, there's something about Hackney. And he's, he's well and gone clear, it seems, in his life and his career and stuff. And he's, he still gives back, you know, in, in some ways, some way or another. You know, so hats off to him. But yeah, he's like I said, originally from Hackney. Um, he's also dyslexic as well. Uh, he left school at 15, no qualifications. Uh, managed to get his life back on track. Uh, studying, studied a degree in criminology and philosophy. And yeah, he. Um, but then he, he found his true vocation, which was restoration, and that's just taken him 
taken him on to many shows and now he's got his book and he's still doing charitable things around around the country um so yeah i definitely recommend that book jay blades making it how love kindness and the community helped me repair my life definitely go and check that out on amazon i think you can yeah you can buy it on amazon so yes so so hopefully um hopefully you're you know getting out getting ready to come out of this lockdown they said you can hug now (laughs) it sounds so strange to hear another human being telling another human being let alone a whole country that you can hug now it just who 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 could have guessed we'd be living in a world where that would be a sentence um for free people you know people that are free in the community but yeah this is the world we're living in but you know like i said i hope we're getting out you know doing a bit of exercise getting on our bikes going for walks whatever it is to get the blood flowing because like i said earlier that can keep you young on the inside you know and that in turn will make your later years a lot more comfortable a lot more enjoyable so hopefully um you found some value in today's podcast and you know hopefully you share it with at least one person who's not heard of pablo's podcast and is like-minded you know so thank you again for choosing pablo's podcast today and hopefully you can join me in the next one until then take care and be nice to each other thank you for listening to pablo's podcast i'm pablo from hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion